Hello, hello, hello. Hi there. We're the Radical Remnant. Everyone, anyone, one God. Welcome to our podcast channel. Today, we bring you a playback of Sunday's Charge Up. We hope that you listen with your spirit and are blessed. All right. So, as per usual, I tell you guys how these conversations start and what my train of thought um, was. And, and I think this was a Wednesday, I want to say, I'm not sure, but Teddy usually is the one who can clarify these things. I feel like it was Wednesday. Um, I'm in the middle of a lot of things. I'm juggling a lot of them, trying to catch a flight. Um, you know, and when you're catching a flight, if you're like me, you're just tense about many things because you're thinking, have I removed my liquid? You're going through security. Did I really check in or was it in my mind? There are different things happening. And right there and then, the enemy says, I said the enemy, the Holy Spirit says, so I want you to talk to them about the deep end. And I'm like, okay. So I send Tenny a message and I say, so the title for Sunday's charge up is the deep end, right? And I, in my mind is like, oh, wow. Cause I traveled and I thought, okay, in my, you know, sometimes again, we try to help God. So in my mind, I was like, oh, when I travel, um, I will, you know, sit by the pool or, you know, since they sent deep in, maybe it's about water things. So I'll be by the beach, then, you know, inspiration will come. I was trying to help the Holy Spirit to, to put things together. And right there in the middle of the airport, the Holy Spirit just started pouring into my spirit. And I'm like, can't keep going. Like, Holy Spirit, how far? See, like, you know, when you're carrying different, like, I really looked confused. Like I did like maybe three minutes before charge up. Like many things were happening and I'm like, really right now? But I literally had to sit, you know, on those really uncomfortable chairs at the airport. And I just started to type. And for me, it, it was amazingly timely for this community um, that the Holy Spirit will want to go in this direction. So I'm there and I'm just sending, I'm just typing. Um, this message and and everything I'm going to share is as is. I haven't had the time, and I I felt like I was under strict instructions not to tamper with it. Like, don't help me. Just say it how I said it, and I will direct you. And God does that every Sunday, guys. You agree? Like when we show up here, He meets with us. He meets with us on the level that we're at, and we'll be talking about transformation. And this is what I believe God is saying to this community, saying really to his children right now um, regarding where they are in life and how he wants us to view our journey. The world right now is caught up with a lot of show and tell, and that's not always a bad thing. So I don't want to be one of those people who sounds like she's perpetually ragging on social media. Um, but where we are as a people, if people didn't see it, then it didn't happen. Do you get what I mean? Like, if, if, you, don't, if you don't have the evidence of, then did it really happen? Do you get what I mean? Like, um, if you see a celebrity, for example, on a flight, so say maybe you're sat right next to Brenna Boy, you know, the, you just feel like I need to take a picture because I need to show that I saw Brenna Boy was on my flight. Ah, props, do you get what I mean? Um, but more so that that's okay, but it, it becomes a problem when the show and tell is rooted in our programming of what people expect, right? So 
in what people expect we should be, in what people expect we should be like, or sound like, or look like, that we don't get into the business of worshiping God in spirit and in truth. So you as a Christian, whether you admit it or not, whether you know it or not, have a picture, a very put together picture of what you think you should look like, sound like, and be like as a Christian. And because we've been having this dialogue, we've been talking, having conversations about transformation, I, I want to jig that up a bit and I need your permission to do that. Do I have your permission to do that today? Yeah, thank you very much. When the Bible says God desires that we worship him in spirit and in truth, it could have been he desires that we worship him in spirit or we worship him in truth. It says in spirit and truth. I know we've talked back and forth about how people say, I want to speak my truth, my truth. And I've told you guys, we don't have our own truth. There's God. God is the truth. He has the truth. He will tell us the truth. Do you get what I mean? In his, in his same infinite wisdom, he says, you will know what the truth, it will do what sets you free. So why is it that this concept, this reality of freedom seems so fleeting to Christians? Why is it that we, I'm, I'm trying to be very careful with how I say this, um, we generally have this mental bondage that everyone is trying to rattle out of. So it's like, you know, if you imagine someone in shackles and you know, when you see those movies and they've kind of like tied someone at the back and then, it, you know, trying to wiggle their way out of it. Do you understand? And then one magic knife shows up in the movie and then they cut it and then they are free. But as Christians, imagine that you're trying to wriggle your way out. And, but then it's never, you're, it, it's, it never fully has felt loose per se. So you, you can do something like bound, right? But it's still some, um, there's, there's still some rooms that are locked. There's still, still some doors that are locked. There's still some spaces that you haven't been confident enough to open and say, you know what, let me pull, see what's behind that curtain and revisit that and, and ask bold questions about it. Do you get what I'm trying to say? And, and so I started to ask like, okay, so Holy Spirit, if you're saying, if the word says spirit and truth, and we will know the truth, the truth will set us free. Why is it? that as Christians, emotionally, mentally, all that stuff, there is a struggle with that freedom. And even spiritually, what is the concept, what is the conversation we're supposed to be having about that? So if you're African, there will always be some dialogue about generational curses and patterns and things like that. I believe it exists for everyone in the world, but you know, it's a loud conversation as an African. Once you become a Christian, people start to make sure that you are aware that there could be some generational patterns. These are valid conversations. I'm not, I'm not, you know, saying that they're not. But then as a Christian, if it's in spirit and in truth, this means, first of all, that there should be no faking it. If something is true, truthful, remember when we spoke last weekend, we were talking about knockoffs and fakes. And it was a very interesting, you know, 
analogy, like what I what I had typed, the Holy Spirit was just like saying a lot of things and like, okay, hold on, let's pay some attention because I feel like we need to pay attention to this. But if we're talking about being Christians, we said many times as Christians, we're like the knockoff Christians. We behave like it. You know, when you carry a fake thing and you don't want anybody to notice. So the way you carry it, because you know it's fake, you, you, but then have you not seen people wearing fake things with a lot of confidence? Because in their mind, they don't know that it's not the real thing. Have you not seen people, have you, have you not had experiences? For example, there's some things I own and then I give someone to try it on or I give someone for a reason. I'm like, this thing is never mine. It looks better on you. I should never have bought it. Do you get what I'm trying to say? So it, it ha- that means it has to do with how it's carried. Was if you carry, if it's fake, and you carry it as if it's real. People may start thinking, oh, Tenny will not buy fake Gucci belt now. It, really, it must be, maybe it's real, but maybe it's me that I've not seen that one. Do you get what I'm trying to say? So how are we carrying ourselves as Christians? When we started this conversation about transformation, we all struggled, including me. There were many things we just started and, and I could see everyone's face looking like my own. Like, so let me, this thing you're saying, I believe you, but how will I do it? We struggled with letting go of some mindsets. We are still on the journey. So if we want to be honest as Christians, we don't want to fake it. We don't want to be knockoff Christians. I submit to you that it means we need total dependence on God. And if we are moving from transactional Christianity, if we're moving from the law to grace, I submit to you, it requires total dependence on God, not 99.9%, total dependence on God, total surrender. In this conversation, this dialogue or transformation, self-righteous does not belong here. In this conversation we're having about being transformed by the renewing of your mind, self-righteousness, Christianity as we knew it, as we know it, doesn't belong here. It's not about how you sound. It's not about faking it. It's not about me trying to do it the way Mega does it or the way Nini does it. Because we insult God's originality by thinking he would do everything the same way. Now, can we find common themes? Yes, and that's why we fellowship. That's why we meet here on Sundays, we pray, we share. It's important because we will find common themes. That's why the Bible exists as well. You can find common themes. But can two people's lives be the exact same? No way. And if we want to respect the originality in creation, if we want to respect the originality in God creating each of us, then self-righteousness can play a role here. Acting saved also doesn't belong here. That way you think you're supposed to act. And I'm not saying now be a complete moron and just go on the road and just like completely lose your mind, no. I'm just saying that script that exists in our head of how we think we should look, what people expect from us as Christians, that 
play and worn out dialogue that makes us inaccessible to God's people. That also makes us ineffective, if, if we want to be honest, as Christians. That makes us, that makes the Holy Spirit unable to have proper conversation with us because he has no space to talk because we're listening to it. We're doing a show and tell. Do you get what I mean? It's like if there's a play, someone is directing it, there's a director, they've put it there, but there's a know-it-all actor, co-actor that is saying, no, let's stand here, let's... The director is just going to maybe wait and wait, you know, you know, do what you're doing. When you're finished, I'll tell you how I want this, this script to play out. So if self-righteousness doesn't belong here, acting safe doesn't belong here, then earning grace also doesn't belong here. And I keep repeating, I know that I'm repeating some, some things that I have said, and it's because I want to ensure that as we are traveling through on this journey of transformation, number one, we're not leaving anyone behind. But number two, we are actually understanding. We're not just because we're the kind of people to learn and then what's next and then what's next, but there's no full understanding. I will be repeating occasionally some of the things that we've said. And when I say earning grace doesn't belong here, I am simply saying that Christ has already died for you. He has already done the perfect work. You can't earn his grace. You can't by virtue of praying longer, make him love you more. Now, what you could do when you pray longer is learn more about him, learn more about what he wants from you. But it doesn't make you lesser of a Christian and it doesn't make you better than anybody else. Do you understand what I'm saying so far? Yes. Now, when we were growing up, and even recently, maybe even as early as yesterday, they told us a lot of stuff. And some of it made us nervous human beings, made us nervous in our approach to how we relate with God. And not nervous in the way that you know. So not in the obvious nerve, nervous way. So it's not like you're going to church and you're jittery nervous in that you are consistently second guessing everything you do you're consistently even when you're in church you know maybe if you want to worship god you're not sure if you're it's one hand they put or two and because some people look like they've been there longer than you you start to subconsciously do what they're doing and you feel like oh maybe that person knows god better than you so therefore you are not a good christian nervous in that when god gives us instructions when we're led by the holy spirit um, we begin to invalidate ourselves. We begin to say, oh, but I'm new at this. I just became a Christian, whatever date. Um, what has earned me the right to help someone? What has earned me the right to lead worship? What has earned me the right to, to lead prayer? What has earned me, I don't know how to pray. Um, so this, this person prays more articulately than me. This person sounds more put together when they are talking publicly. What if that person is talking publicly and sounds extremely articulate but has no anointing? But this other person has all the anointing in the world and may not have all the words in the dictionary. And then what if the person who's articulate is not the person God sent? Remember when God sent Moses? It's so weird. I was having a conversation with Tekena today. I'm just thinking about the, the, some parallels. When God sent Moses, Moses said he, he didn't know how to talk. But we learn in the Bible that, oh boy, this guy was a talker now. <laughs> Do you get? He was a talker. But he, didn't, he invalidated himself because he thought there was a way he's supposed to look and sound. And let's not lie, that assignment they gave him was a heavy one anyway. 
So even if it was not about not being articulate, me, I would have found something else. My leg is paining me, but maybe I can go next month. This, this fairy you said I should talk to today. My leg is just paining. If you can just give me a little bit of time, I can gather some momentum and go next month. It cannot be my other leg. You know, you got the first time I said it was my right leg today. It's now the two both of them join. So please let me go next month. So I'm not even judging Moses. I'm just saying that a lot of times as Christians, we subconsciously invalidate um, the Holy Spirit's instruction because so whether we know it or not, a lot of what the, the Holy Spirit says to us is fighting with other things. And so there's no room. And so when I said, when, when the Holy Spirit said, let's talk about the deep end, let me tell you exactly what he had in mind. When you go, if, you, if you've ever seen anybody in a studio, there's something called a mixer, right? If you've ever seen a mixer, basically, if you've seen a DJ even, you see when, when they're doing that and they're moving things up and down, it's basically deciding the parts that you want to hear in, in a song. If you want to hear bass, more treble, you know, you want the lead vocals to be the main thing or the backing vocals or a little bit of the song. So they're adjusting levels. And that's what our minds are like, essentially, is that every single day, in everything you're doing, the different voices playing in your head. So when you want to make decisions, when, you, when you're just moving along in your day, there are different voices playing in your head. And a lot of times the voices are wrong. Sometimes the voices are right. Sometimes when it comes to this Christian conversation, there are voices that told you how to be a Christian. And some of the things they said were right, some of the things they said were wrong. And it's very difficult to now know which one you are supposed to listen to. And this now brings the conversation about the personal relationship with God. The way God spoke with Paul was definitely not the same way he spoke with Peter. The way God spoke with Joseph wasn't the same way he spoke with David, two different people. And if you now visualize in your mind, and I'm getting to the meat of what I want to say now, you visualize, visualize in your mind um, an ocean, a really like extensive ocean where you can't even, your, your, your eye just can't catch the horizon of it. It just continues to go. And visualize in your mind that that is God. There's no limit to God. There's actually, you can't search like, no matter how much you dig, my, gra my grandma, my mom used to say this thing, um, again, I'm learning here, but there's something called Ibuan, meaning that there's no depth to God's mercy. But at, in the same way, if you keep digging the ground, there's, do you, has anybody gone to the end of the ground to say this was there? If we look up when you travel and you're in the plane, has anybody reached the final end of the heavens to say this, by the way, guys, this was there. Yes, you go to the moon, you go to this, but we don't know everything. God is limitless. God has no limit. So imagine God as an ocean, because I, I, I need to help you visualize. Imagine God as, a, as an ocean. And imagine us as Christians as swimmers, okay? So imagine God as an ocean. Imagine us as Christians as swimmers. If you are Nigerian, you have in the back of your mind, have you guys ever heard about Mami Water? Let me make you laugh small. You know, Nigerian parents just believe you should not be swimming in oceans. 
Thus, please, I beg you, there's mommy water. Mommy water is mermaid for those of you who are not Nigerian. So Nigerian parents believe that if you go in the ocean, you will drown for sure. You will be the one to drown. That's their firm belief. They don't care if you can swim. There's lifeboats. They don't want to dabble in it because in Nigeria, in Nigeria, many people actually do drown. There's no such thing as a lifeguard and all that stuff. But they make it, there are a lot of fables and stories about mermaids being in the water. So typically when Nigerians, no, but we only know like 5% of what's in the ocean. There's even that, right? So we are there as swimmers and many of us as Nigerians, when we say we're going to the beach, it's about sitting far and taking pictures. Remember the conversation about show and tell? You're thinking about the sleep pictures you want to take, you know, and how you want to look. 9% nine, nine, 9 of us may even just dip our feet in the ocean just for vibes, also for content, I don't know. Some people may go a bit deeper if they, they really mean it, just at least to their knees. But typically, when you go to the beach, you just stay and look at the ocean. Did you go to the beach? Yes. Did you swim in the ocean? No. You may see other people surfing, doing other things, even swimming, whatever they're doing. But you, your mind tells you, number one, I can't swim, I can't do this, so you stay. Some of us just dip our toes in the ocean, so at least our feet are wet as Christians. So we tick boxes. Did we go to the ocean? Yes. Did you go to the beach? Yes. Did you get? So as Christians, some of us, we just dip our toes in the ocean, so at least our feet are wet. We wear the swimsuit, we wear the costume, whatever. We have the kids, sunglasses, beach towel, blah, 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 blah. We look the parts. Everything looks okay. But we only just dip our toes to say, ah, did you go to the beach? In fact, can't you even see that? Um, I, did you not see my pictures? Didn't you see that I went there? People saw you there. Did you go to the beach? Yes. And for many of us, that's what our work as Christians have been like. And this is not me ragging on anybody. It's not even because anybody is bad. Do you understand? This is just what our relationship with God has been like. There's this extensive ocean. And like Tenny just said, we only know 5% of us in the ocean. That's why some people are explorers. And even when they explore, they will go and explore for something specific. They won't just be wondering about. Do you get? Now, some of us, we don't even get as far as dipping our feet in the ocean. So for many of us as Christians, there's no transformation whatsoever. We show up, we see what everyone else is doing. We show up to take pictures or whatever it is at the beach. We don't really know what's happening. We don't really experience God. We don't really have any palpable like story to say I've experienced God. And we're not bold enough to ask questions to say, oh, is the water cold? Um, how is it? Is, is it? What's the weather? We just stated our reason for even ticking the box of Christianity is all flawed. For some people, they say, they, they say, oh, are you Christian or Muslim? And they think that by virtue of their parents being Muslim or Christian, that's what they are. And then some people start the funny dialogue of Presbyterian, Pentecostal, Catholic, Anglican, blah, blah, blah. I don't get involved in those conversations. Are you a Christian? Are you? That's, that's it. Do you know Christ? Does Christ know you? That's, that's how I see it. But again, I'm not God. 
So while some dip their toes in the ocean, some just, they don't even get that far. That's a luxury. That's, I, I don't do that. I don't, there's some people who even can't take their slippers off. They will not even touch the sand. They are there for a different reason. Now, if you know, the same way when you even go to church, some people are there for a different reason, right? Some people even come out and say, I'm looking for a husband, I'm looking for a boyfriend, I'm looking for, you know, and they go to church. They're not there to hear anything or be transformed. Are you guys with me? Some of us, and I suspect most of us in this space, we've actually come to get in the ocean. We come with the mind as Christians. Remember, I'm using it as an analogy. We, we have the very good intention of getting in the ocean. Before we even get to the beach, we've psyched ourselves. We've said, I'm going to do this and then I'll do this. And this is how far I think I can go today. You know, you, you, your mind is right. You, you're in the, you're, you're, your reasoning is, is maybe flawed, but you have the right intentions. We go, we step in, we're afraid, we keep moving. We keep moving. And you know, the waves are coming and we keep going. It's not like we haven't tried. We keep going. And as we keep moving, we keep looking back to see how far from the shore we are going. And fear starts to set in. All the mindsets we had before we became Christians. Remember I said, some of us, there are things that we heard before that we have not even unpacked. All the things we heard before, other people's mindsets. Remember what I said about the mixer? Voices, different things are now playing. And then panic sets in, in different issues set in. And then you're looking back. Imagine someone trying to move forward in the ocean. There are waves, different things are happening. And when we're looking back, looking forward, looking back. And we can only get at best waist deep. We want to be sure that our feet are still touching the ground. We need, we need to be sure that our feet are still touching the ground. And as we're going, some people who just came to observe or those who only were brave enough to dip their feet in are also having their opinions about what you're doing and you're aware of it. So they have opinions too. Now imagine your mind trying to decide which voice am I even listen, listening to? And you are saying, but I came to get in the ocean today. I want to experience God. I, I'm trying, I, I want to show up. I want to actually experience God. Your feet start to move a bit further. And the minute you find that you can't feel the ground beneath your feet, beneath your feet, you're turning back. Panic sets in. Even if you know how to swim, you forget in that moment that, well, hold on a minute. God loves me. I know where I am. He's, he is, I'm in his love. The ocean, you know, in this analogy, the ocean is God. I'm in his love. His key will carry me. I can let go. I can let go. I can let go. You can't. You start to panic. And, and that in and of itself is where I believe many of us start that dance of cycles, start the dance of second guessing, double-mindedness, 
um, we start the dance of also feeling like we owe people an explanation. So we start to then listen to the people at the show. We all those voices are now louder than the ocean. And guys, you know, oceans are loud. But it's funny, it's the mixer, it's the mind, right? It's the thing that you, the volume that you increase, what you pay attention to is what will be louder in your mind. Because for you, you realize that further means fear in that moment. The fear of drowning, the fear of losing control, the fear of people seeing that you don't really know how to swim that well, the fear of failure at the attempt, the fear that you will not, you don't look that composed. You know, there's, there's also a very not so flattering way to swim. You are looking at the other people. You, for those of us who, who I'm talking about, we've been studying it. We didn't just come there by accident. We came with intentionality of getting into the ocean. And then you see the, the fear of the size of the ocean. And the size of the ocean was there to give comfort in the first place. How limitless God is, is there to say, the resources are endless, the love is endless, the grace is endless. Instead, our mind tells us, oh, this is too big. I'm gonna get lost in here. I don't even know what I'm doing. Why did I come this far? And then the bigger fear becomes the fear of never making it back to the shore because that's where you're comfortable. That's what you know. That's what you grew up hearing. So if, for example, anybody has any trauma in their lives, that trauma has informed a lot of things. So that's the default state. They keep going back to that trauma because they are comfortable there. Remember when we started this conversation about transformation, I said many of us have a handicap, a story that we tell, a reason why we can't, a reason why it is. And we, we're, we're okay now. We just decided that that's our handicap. We're comfortable. We know the voices. We wake up with it. We're like, oh, hello, fear. How do you do? And you walk with the fear. You, they've told you, you've just accepted that it's part of your life. Oh, I'm, I'm, I just suffer from insecurity. And then that becomes the identity. I'm insecure. Oh, um, I'm not articulate. If they're calling anybody, should it be me? Oh, um, I'm not intelligent. Whatever it is, different. Everybody's handicap is different. So you start to look at the shore. It seems farther away. And in all the conversations we've been having about transformation, you, you, a part of you wants to commit to the possibility, to the endless possibility of transformation. But a part of you wants to hold on to the safety that exists at the shore where you already know what to expect. There's already a, a flow to things. There's already a conversation you have with yourself. And guess what? You are not even doing so bad yourself. You, you can dip your feet in the ocean and that's okay. It's okay. I'm fine here. But God, I heard God very clearly on Wednesday saying, tell them to come deeper. Tell them to come deeper. There's that song, spirit lead me where my faith is without borders. And if every time I hear that song, I'm like, ah, it's a very dangerous prayer. Lead me where my faith is without, without borders. Do you know what a fearless person can do? When we hear stories in the Bible, do you realize they happen to actual people? Daniel in the lion's den. Do you understand how crazy a person has to be to just say, I beg me, I'm going to pray. I'm praying to God, whatever the case may be. They're actual lions. Think of the animal you can't stand. For some of us, the animal is just cockroach. Ordinary cockroach everywhere has scattered. Then how many lions were there? You, Daniel was just there. 
do you realize that there is no limit to what a fearless person can do? But we can't, we've been struggling with worshiping God in spirit and in truth because we have not been bold enough. Conversations haven't been curated honestly enough to allow us ask very dangerous questions of why am I afraid? Who can I talk to about it? Does fear even belong in this transformation of me as a Christian? How do I begin to work at it? This muscle of faith, how do I build it? Some of us just haven't been bold enough to say I'm committing to renewing my mind. All the consequences be damned. I'm, commi I'm committing to renewing my mind. I'm committing to letting go. And when I heard God say, come deeper, I heard him say very clearly, come and get lost in me. That's the only way you're going to discover who you are. Why are you letting the people who have not even been brave enough to dip their feet fully in the water or even come as far as you? Why are you letting them tell you what to do? And then why are you using someone else's swimming experience to determine your own? Come and get lost in me. For where we are, as we start to transform, the sand under our feet should be strange now. It shouldn't belong there again. The, the more surrendered we are, the more we let go and the freer we become. But our minds are programmed to believe that when we are sat at the shore, we are freer because we're in control. And I guess it's, it's a good question to ask who controls your life? Because if God is saying, get lost in me, and God is saying, come deeper, then the waves of God's love in this analogy should carry you. You should trust them to carry you. But it's a struggle. Am I speaking to anyone here? It's a struggle, that letting go. Because I know for a fact that God has called me to like-minded people. He will not send me to people who don't understand what I'm saying or can't relate with what I'm saying. And so when he sends me to you, I try as much as possible not to water the conversation down as though you are children who can grasp complex conversations. Because I believe that if I was sent to have the conversation with you, it means you're at a place where you can begin to understand it. And I'm giving you the permission, the boldness to start to also have uncomfortable conversations with yourself. Because I think that's the only way we grow. The few times we've did, we've ended up kicking. We've ended up exhausted from trying to swim. And, and you guys should know that swimming is obviously exercise. People would actually argue that it's the best form of exercise. So therefore you'll be exhausted when you swim. It's exercise, you expend your energy. We were taught to swim a certain way. Same way we were taught to live a certain way. Same way we were programmed to do Christianity a certain way. And please don't get me wrong. This is not a cult. I'm not advising that you know, we start to do weird Christianity and you guys start to bow to Lamy or something weird. You know, people are weird. You see all these Netflix documentaries and you're wondering how did everybody gather and start listening to one man and the man married all these sisters. And it's just, you see those things and you're wondering what happened. Please guys, don't misconstrue what I'm saying. But I'm saying that God loves you enough and he's real enough 
to speak to you and speak through you. We've heard the conversations about identity and purpose over and over again in the context of Christianity and not. And we've, we've been somehow programmed to deal with it in a very two plus two equals four thing. But guys, it doesn't add up now. Am I, has it worked for you? Or am I wrong? It doesn't add up because what, how I discover my purpose cannot always be how you discover your purpose. How God spoke to Joseph wasn't how he spoke to Daniel, wasn't how he spoke. To, so why are we trying to put God in this box? Why are we trying to program God? Are you the director of the play? No. So if we know our spirit is perfect and we possess a soul and we are in a body and we say we want to be transformed by the renewing of our mind, this is the renewing of our minds. Are you guys with me? Every single time you expend your own energy trying to swim, trying to kick, trying to do it yourself, every single time you, you think you're assisting the Holy Spirit, just take it that you're insulting God. If I say, come to my house for dinner at any, and I set the table, I say, we're having this and this and that for, for dinner. And then suddenly I see Tenny has rolled up his sleeves. He enters the kitchen, starts chopping onions. I'm going to be confused because I said, I want to cook for you. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Let me cook for you. Your own is towards enjoy the meal. But we are used to this transactional thing. So in everything, even in the most basic ways, when we peel down our Christianity to, to you know, the layers, that onion that I was talking about, when you peel it down to the bare minimum, you just find the struggle of, I need to earn my space here. And I'm not doing a good job of it. And because I'm not doing a good job of it, there's a cycle and I'm getting it wrong. And because I'm getting it wrong, why would God use me? And then it's a cycle. So when, when you enter the God, why will God use me? Or you, or you make a mistake because you are, you are, you are here in the flesh and your, and your soul is not perfect and your body is not perfect. You make that mistake, then you now hit yourself. Then of course the devil loves it. So as you are hitting yourself, it's going to help you add information to pad up that argument that you are just, you are wasting your life. It's not you God is looking for. You are flawed and this and that. And then, you know, the devil now is very, intelligent he will help you find spaces that will validate that mediocrity that will look like excellence because the show and tell has has so perfected that mediocrity dialogue that what people are talking about what people see excellence as what people think living is is not freedom but they look free so they look like they get it right. And like I said, because we who were supposed to be steering that conversation, the, the enemy has been using us to play tic-tac-toe, X, Y, Z, and then table tennis. So we are not curating those conversations. We, we stopped having boldness. I remember in the last charge up, I said, the scripture says, come with boldness and access with confidence. And that's what we've been lacking. We, feel, we felt like we needed to earn access. No, you already have been given access. Do you guys understand what I'm saying? And in this dialogue about coming to the deep end and God saying, come deeper, get lost in me. Why, why I say the sun should be strange now is any, any part of you that starts to feel like you're in control should be the part of, should be um, indicative of you needing to let go. You have no control. You didn't create yourself. 
Do you understand? God has all the control. And the reason why he sealed us with his Holy Spirit is for the Holy Spirit to start to direct, order our steps. And the steps are not just physical steps. They're also mental steps, emotional steps. Steps when it comes to decision-making and choices, perspective. So the ordering of your steps can't only be the physical ordering of your steps. The way your mind is thinking, the way you are understanding your wisdom, knowledge, understanding is from the Holy Spirit. And we've been using our strength instead of listening to the ocean. We've been using our strength instead of saying, you know what, I'm going to let go in this huge ocean and I'm going to let the waves carry me. I'm going to let it carry me. I'm going to trust the waves to take me to wherever it's supposed to take me and trust that God is in control. And for those of us who were bold enough to even go waist deep, we started forcing it. We started forcing the, the whole thing and, and going according to the script of Christianese that other people have told us instead of experiencing God for ourselves. Our energy doesn't work. And so we now get into this frenzy. The water and the waves are so strong. We begin to feel scared. Many people here, if, if what I'm saying is resonating, just in fact, just put up your hand. You, we begin to get scared. We begin to get anxious. We begin to get overwhelmed and we begin to get exhausted. Those four feelings are indicative. Fear exhaustion, anxiety, and being overwhelmed. Because you've been doing like this in the water. Bah, 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 bah. And then you start drowning. And everything that should even come easily to you is complex. Because you, you didn't feel that time. You didn't feel the things you were comfortable with. You know, And, and God will, will move you around. If once you let go, God can decide the thing you thought is not what you, it was. Juliet, he can change your assignment. He has permission to do so. But we think that when we relinquishing, relinquishing control, we think means it will be bad for us because we can't see it. You can't see all of the ocean. Tenny just gave us small expo now that we only know 5% of what's in the ocean. So you can't see it. So human, Kine tells you, I need to be nervous. And everything you do starts to now move towards all these feelings. And if you've been feeling afraid, anxious, overwhelmed, or exhausted, this conversation is for you. God says, come into the deep end. And it sounds like the opposite of what God should say. If someone is drowning, you want to save them and take them to the shore, right? It's just, that's a logical thing to do. But God is saying, no, come, come, come further into the deep end. Lose yourself in me. Let me transform you. Remember the dialogue, the, the spirit is already perfect. And I want to perfect everything else. I, I want to do this for you. I want to travel with you. The Holy Spirit is like, let's partner. Let's get this thing together. Let's, let's talk. Let's, let's dialogue. Let me help you. Let me tell you the person who is going to tell you how to do that thing. And the Holy Spirit does this. I assure you, the Holy Spirit has done it so many times in my life. If you're close to me, I tell stories upon stories upon stories because I feel like when I tell real stories, then you will see that what I'm saying, I'm just, I don't just show up here on a Sunday to give you theory. I was saying, I'm in Malta, I came to celebrate my brother-in-law's birthday. How did my sister meet my brother-in-law? A friend, 
this friend, I don't know if I've ever told you guys this story because I've turned to grandmama that tells stories for, for days on end. This particular friend, I couldn't stand. She was somebody I just couldn't stand. But I have certain principles and values that are weird and sometimes argue with my behavior, my own character in that I could be a bit snobbish if I don't know you. This person needed someone to show up for her and I saw nobody was. And God said, go with her. Do you know where God told me to follow her to Kenya? I was in Lagos. It didn't, it didn't align. I didn't have the money for it. And thank God for my husband who, I guess over time has, gone, has gotten to understand that sometimes God will do things like that. I get home and I say to my husband, babe, I feel like I need to go to, Ke to Kenya with Kel. And he said, eh, okay, when? I said, eh, this, I think next weekend. There was no time. It wasn't like a, it was like in six months. I remember it was close. It was either in a week or two weeks. And this particular person is still in my life today. This story I'm telling you is like maybe 13 years old. I couldn't stand her. She didn't look like anything. I didn't like it. Like, I'm funny. I saw her that then. I was like, why is her eyeshadow blue? I remember the day. I was like, well, who is this girl? And what nonsense? I was very judgmental and just no, just no, no, no. And I was with my other friend. I was like, can you girl, you like, just no. And being an entertainer also just puts you in funny spaces. So I didn't rate her. I was like, all these babes. I abused her. I tell her all the time. I didn't reach her at all. But she's, I have two friends now. She's my second friend. This friend introduced my sister to her husband to date. And the best thing that has happened to her life. And I was just saying to the Kenya, I said, can you imagine if I didn't go to Kenya? You know, because some things I try and play it out, like how would it have? And some of us can say, hey, he works things together for the good. Sometimes I try and not just default to he works things together for the good. Because if you don't obey, he will work it together. But maybe it's not the original working that you are now getting. It's, I don't want, I want the original idea. And why am I saying this? Sometimes you let go of the waves. You don't know what's on the other end of someone saying hello. You don't know what's on the other end. You never know that in this community, maybe Oreolua has the answer to what Nega has been trying to process for years. Maybe Oreolua is the person who will say one thing and Mega will be like, huh. Do you, you don't know. It, could not even, it may not even be the Oreolua herself, maybe her cousin. But you know, your generation is very isolated. Everything happens. See the conversation we're all having. We're in different spaces. So we are used to doing things by ourselves. And so when, when God is saying, come deeper, we are like, this doesn't make any sense, God. Let me go back to what is comfortable. And you can hear your thoughts. You can hear the ocean. You can hear the almighty God. But you are struggling to trust where he's taking you. And the only guide is the Holy Spirit. And we can't question God in that if God said, this is what's good for you, you can't say he's wrong. But we can question, ask God questions. I don't buy into don't question God as if he's a military surgeon. No, it means, yes, there's sometimes accept the will of God over your life. But how about asking okay, God, I see that this is what you want me to do, but can you explain how you want me to go about it? The Holy Spirit is there. Why would God say, I am going, but I am leaving you with the Holy Spirit? For most of us, we just think of the Holy Spirit as speaking in tongues. The Holy Spirit, you're not having that dialogue. Holy Spirit, today is Sunday. This is what's going on. This is what I'm feeling. But I know that 
you have the power to teach me da, 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 and you can guide me in this and I want to ask you this and da, da. we don't have those conversations. And it's interesting that the Bible says the Holy Spirit is a still small voice. Now imagine the word still, imagine the word small, then put it against all those voices you hear every day, every day. In the, if you are like me, the conversations happening in your head are very entertaining, right? Voices from your mom, your dad, your grandma, someone who hurt you, some friends who said something, your own inner thoughts, you know, your inner struggles, voices, different voices, society, social media, whatever it is, voices, voices, voices of fear, voices of exhaustion, voices that you're not enough, voices of insecurity, voices of whatever, even voices that mean well, voices of control, voices of advice, all kinds of voices. Imagine you are knee deep, not even wasted, just knee deep, and all those voices exist from the shore, from you know, ones that only dip their feet from those who claim to have swam in the same direction and are telling you to turn back all voices and then the only voice god says you need is still and small common sense then says in the analogy of using the mixer what do you need to do you need to start adjusting adjusting for the sound, right? Like a DJ, like a producer, you start adjusting. And the only person who can even be telling you which one to increase is still the same still small voice. Who is speaking in your life? Who is speaking into your life? And that's why the things you listen to, what is entering your spirit, particularly when you are transforming, the process of transformation is very delicate. You have to be so gangster about access denied, access granted. Do you understand what I'm, you have to be very careful. The voices of the world have been louder than the voices of the Holy Spirit. And if the Holy Spirit, they say, is, the, the word says is still and small. You may have to be extreme for a while in shutting all the other voices up first. Just even your own. Like, you know, I'm going to meditate. That's why the first thing we did today was just be still. I'm just going to be quiet. Many of us struggle with just being quiet. That's why many of us don't have good relationships. We must talk. My opinion needs to be heard. I need to speak my truth, my life, my this and this and that. And we are fighting. Maybe it's time to shut others up. Maybe it's time we ourselves shut up. And say, God, now you have my attention. You say I should come deeper. You see, I should get lost in you. Speak. I'm listening. I'm listening, God. I'm not talking. I'm not shouting at you. I'm not just regurgitating stuff. I'm not chanting. I am listening, God. And maybe then we can hear the Holy Spirit. Maybe even if there are two voices, maybe that is even too, much, too many voices. Maybe we need just one voice. And I guess this is the thing, is that transformation is a choice. You don't have to. You can be at the shore and just dip your feet in and just focus on I want to make heaven, finish. 
and never fully experience transformation, never fully experience God and just be safe. The temptation to approach transformation again, like you want to earn points will come. Once you start to let go, the temptation to try and earn points will come. Let go of, don't, don't even heed that. Really surrender. Really choose God. Really choose grace every single time. This does not mean do not pray. This does not mean do not fast. If anything, go ahead. This is a great time to do it. But it means don't do it like you're ticking a box. Don't do it to just talk at the Holy Spirit. Do it to listen to the Holy Spirit. Don't do it because you want to look a certain way, because that's what you believe Christians are supposed to do. Do it because your heart is, is, is cleaving towards God. You want more of God. I round up by saying that our work here is to love God with all our hearts. And I want to be honest in saying I haven't even started. I haven't. I know how much I love my kids. I will stab anybody for my kids and then we can get to jail and talk about it later. And I say that without apology. You mess with people I love. And this is my kids first. You know, mess with people I love. I don't need context. Jonathan will just call me, hey, Lamy, I'm, I'm in Manchester. So I, I don't need context. If you know me well, you know that's how I am. I'm angry with when he thinks I am. I will just start fighting for you. I, don't, I will even first finish asking Jonathan what happened. What, I'll first go and fight with the person. Now, why are you fighting with Jonathan? What's your problem? So if I... I know that I have the capacity to love. And I'm not putting myself down. I'm, I'm talking to you guys straight. I'm giving it to you straight. I want to love God with all my heart. All my heart. I want to leave everything here on earth. I, I, don't, I want to die empty. And I know that part of loving God with all my heart is in the second part of that instruction is love others the way you love myself. I'll be the way I love myself. And a lot of people have said, oh, you can't love others if you don't love yourself. But we don't finish that thought in understanding that to love yourself, you need to understand who you are. And I said to us that believing wrongly will mess up with your identity. Many people talking about purpose identity, purpose identity, purpose identity, believing wrongly will mess it up. If, the whole, if God says, if the word says, worship him in spirit and in truth, and we want to get to the business of doing that, guys, Come to the deep end. Don't worship God anyhow. And if you know that you have a journey of transformation in front of you, then this should be a commitment. This conversation that we're having, the charge up that we're having, showing up for Bible study. If you are hungry for it, please, again, I keep repeating it because I don't want anybody to ever go away and say, ah, me now, if you don't come for Bible study, she enjoys it. No, that's not what I'm saying. Is that I, I get it. Like I've, I've, I've experienced something that is good and I want to share. So I don't want to keep it to myself. And I believe that I don't want you guys to even get to my very young, sexy age. And that's when you are just understanding some things. If I get it now, why shouldn't I tell you? I believe that knowledge should always be shared. I'm not richer by virtue of hoarding knowledge. Nothing is added to me if I hold knowledge in any capacity. So. If we want to worship God in spirit and in truth and understand what that even means, then we now need to understand 
the two levels. And if you forget everything I've said, try and remember three things. One, God is saying, come deeper and get lost in me. The instruction, our main purpose here on earth is number two, to love God with all your heart, right? And all your soul and all your mind, right? And to love others the way you love yourself. To love God with all your heart means to worship him in spirit and in truth. Are you still with me? So I've said number one is what? Come deeper, get lost in God. Number two is the main purpose here on earth. Love God with all your heart. Love others the way you love yourself. The first part of that, love God with all your heart. To love God with all your heart is to worship him in spirit and in truth. And if you are not experiencing freedom, that tells us you are not yet in truth fully. Do you understand? Yeah, it's half and half. You are still dipping your toes. Worship God in spirit and in truth. You will know the truth. The truth will set you free. It's not just about giving your life to Christ and suddenly magic, you are free. It's that you discover God. You discover, you discover Christ. You have a process. You have a personal relationship with God. And the more you do, the freer you are. The freer you are, the more you can let go and come deeper and get lost in him. And loving God means three things. Worship the word and work. Worship the word and work. Worship because you need to worship God in spirit and in truth. We know already, right? The word because the word is a light onto your what? Your path. And if you, if you know, if you are being honest with yourself to say, man, I'm feeling lost. I've tried. I'm feeling exhausted. I've felt anxious. I've felt overwhelmed. It's good to just accept. This thing is like AA meeting. We all come in here and we just tell ourselves the truth. It's a safe space. So if the word is a light onto your path and the Holy Spirit, the word is, is blessed, is anointed by the Holy Spirit, then that's how the Holy Spirit will be talking to you. So loving God, worship the word and what? Who heard the third thing? Work. What do I mean by work? I tell people one of the best ways to get closer to God is to serve God. If you, if you, if everything is just looking jaga jaga and you don't know, just serve God. Just serve God. Not serve God in a Christianese way. Serve God in a way of where can I be of service, God? Because in those spaces. God will begin to transform you. And what does loving others mean? It's the fruit of the spirit, basically. Love, kindness, all those things that we memorized in Sunday school, we can quote, we've read before, but we never really sat with it. That's what loving others means. But if you're so busy fleeing, and thinking so much, the volume of the world is here. Everybody is talking. Where, where will you even have the presence of mind to love, to see someone else, let alone love them, let alone help them experience God's love? Last thing I want to say is this. Wherever you are, if you're like me, I like advancement. If there's a queue I can avoid, I will avoid the queue. If there's a process I can avoid, I will avoid the process. I was raised by Nigerians. So experiencing Nigeria in and of itself is his own trauma. I don't, I hate bank queues. I hate airports, all those things. It's like PTSD for me. But, and many of us, we hate process. 
we hate process. We want to quickly get to the, like move to the next thing. Hesitate to do that. Stay, listen to the word. Listen to what we're talking about. Let the word have its work in you. Let it do its work in you. Let what God is saying when we come to charge up, do its work. Don't be rushing to the next thing. My real thing when I hear all these things is, oh God, so what's next? So, okay, if you say I should do this and do this, then, you know, what's the next thing? I want to get on with it. I feel like, oh, what's the next thing? But I don't want to move to the next thing if I didn't understand the first thing. Understand all the things we've been talking about in the last, last five weeks. I'm begging you. I said it last week. I'm saying it again. Try to sit with it. Even if you have the brain knowledge, the head knowledge, really force yourself to sit with it. And, on the, and at the most basic level of all your reasoning, choose grace. Grace. Choose grace. Everywhere you're going, in everything that we're doing with regards to transformation, choose grace. What does grace say about this thing? What does God's grace say about this situation? What does God's grace say about how I'm feeling? What does God's grace say about this experience that, you know, I'm going through, or I went through, or I'm, I feel like is, is looming? What does God's grace say about it? At the end of the day, all of us have watched Little Mermaid. And every single time she tried to get on the shore, her fins came back. Do you remember? She, she struggled. Or rather, when she was on, at, on the shore, she was a human being, but her comfort zone was obviously the water, right? So that she could swim. But you know, the funny thing about a mermaid is that it's half human and half, um, what is it? Is it fish? I don't know. Fish. Uh -huh. So, it's a confused idea. It's double. Is you can be on on at, on the shore and be okay, and you can be in the water and be okay. Do you guys get my point? And I think a lot of times as Christians, we're like that. You know, we know that we can be okay. You notice the word I'm using is okay. We can be okay in the comfort zone, in the past. We can be okay in the story we told ourselves to excuse ourselves from ever growing. We can be okay in whatever narrative we bought into that we feel like we've invested so much time in it. Relationships, we feel like we invested a bit of ourselves in it and just letting go of that in and of itself is a deep thing. Just moving on from it, we want to feel, we want to go through the hurt. I'm, I'm in pain and I need time to heal. And maybe sometimes we do, but sometimes we don't. It's just really saying, okay, that happened. I can't fix it, let's move. But we, we like the comfort of the two, like mermaids. We, we, we want to do the two. And I don't think that that will work for, if you're under the sound of my voice, I do not believe that that's God's intention for you. God is saying, come here. He's saying, get lost in me. You want to experience transformation. You want to experience what I have in mind for you, know what you think should be, then come deeper. That's it for me. Thank you for listening. We hope you were blessed by that. For more wholesome, edifying content, and to learn more about us, please head over to our Instagram page, at The Radical Remnant. Also, join us live for Charge Up on Sunday. We've reserved a spot just for you. All the details can be found on our Instagram. 
Once again, we're the radical remnant. Everyone, anyone, one God.